thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you are listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have. We will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk. Hey, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to pray for those, those fires because it's crazy to watch the battles that are going on with the fires and just to know that we could be a part of that answer. And, and earlier this week, uh, we had an opportunity just to, I, I was told on Monday night, Hey, I have a friend going to the front lines to take supplies to firefighters, and I, I wondered if, if we, you know, is there anything we could do with our, our connection with World Vision? Do they have any supplies that would like to be on this supply list? And, and so shoot an email that night, next morning get an email back from World Vision with a picture of a pallet full of supplies for firefighters. By Wednesday, we're loading it onto a truck, and it's heading over, and I was like, I generosity should be so quick, right? Why, why do we make it so difficult and think we can't do anything? And, and I just want to say, way to go, open life, because of your posture of generosity on a consistent basis. We're able to have relationships with different organizations so that we can just connect the dots. I mean, really, that was what? An, an hour and a half of our life allowed us to radically bless some firefighters. And I just go, um, and not only that, but allowed us to, to bless Elizabeth and her friend Heather and just all these people that were making things happen on the front lines. And, and I just want to say thank you for, for what you do, for just being you. And today is like this generous day and season, and we'll tell more about that. But in the meantime, we're going to jump in to the final narrative on what in the Bible is called the passion narrative. It's the final part of Jesus' story of going to the cross and giving up his life and all that surrounds that. And I hope it seizes you today. And uh, that, let's read. Verse 26, Luke 23. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, blessed are the childless women, the ones that never bore, the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not 
what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. There's those sneerers again. They sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Then there was written a notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, Today, you'll be with me in paradise. And to this day, I really like that Coldplay song, Paradise. And it makes me think of this moment every time I listen to it. Thought number one today, you never know how you'll be seized for Jesus. You'll never know how you'll be seized for Jesus. And you're not filling in any blanks, so I don't know why I said that twice. Because I'm used to giving it to you, so you can fill in the blank. But it's all filled in for you if you're following along on the app. Uh, so Luke was writing this text and has some things that are unique to his recording of it compared to the other three Gospels, which all record this moment, but, but he highlights a few different things. He's the only one who notes the fact that Simon was following Jesus. The other ones just said, you know, he carried Jesus' cross. But Luke points out this minute, he does this, and it has meaning, but he pointed out this minute detail, the reality that Simon of Cyrene followed Jesus with the cross. Now, if you've been spending time starting to read your Bible, maybe you downloaded version on your phone and you're following through with that, or, or maybe you still use this thing called a, a paper version of it, you know. I mean, you risk paper cuts and stuff. But anyway, you know, but no, maybe you're reading your Bible and you've read the story and you've read these passages, and we studied them when we were at the beginning of Luke. But just a reminder, Luke 9.23 says, as Jesus was teaching his disciples, he said this. He said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must de deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Interesting, because that's what Simon just did. It says in Luke 14, 27, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Interesting. It makes you think, right? Same author, Luke. The reality of Simon being the picture, potentially, he's like this visual illustration for Luke to record. Hey, maybe this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, take up your cross and follow me. And now here's Simon. Simon, of all people, is seized to take up the cross and follow him. I would pray, and I do this regularly, that God would just seize people at whatever season in their life and would use anything or anyone to do it. And this is a really unique story in this fact. It was a Roman soldier 
that seized Simon. Simon is most likely a Jew coming into Jerusalem for the Passover with his kids. So a Roman soldier grabs a Jew who does not follow Jesus and tells him to follow Jesus, and here's the cross. Interesting. It just makes me believe that God could use any scenario, any circumstance in our life to seize us and lead to us following Jesus. It's this word picture. Do you know somebody who's totally distracted, maybe disinterested in Jesus? Because I would imagine Simon was that guy. Do you know somebody who's just like wants nothing to do with the faith, nothing to do with God, but they're just an instant away from following Jesus? You never know. We should be praying that God would, would seize them. Maybe they're at the peak of their career, so they're distracted. Or maybe they're having a tough time. Maybe their marriage is in flux. Maybe their, their income is so tight. Maybe they're just going through a rough shot of emotions and, and emotions, and they're just struggling with life. God can use anyone in any circumstance to bring people to him. Think of your story. What seized you and led to you following Jesus? For me, I hit rock bottom at the age of 21. My, my sins were just like played on a screen for me before my eyes and led to me going to church the next day. God literally seized me from living against him to exposing myself to church for six months before I made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe some of you are in that scenario. You're just still going, okay, who is this Jesus and why is this inspiring? Why am I coming back to hear more? And when am I going to cross that line and choose to follow him? He can seize you with anything that would inspire. There was another moment where he intervened. I was driving to work and heading this tight corner in Ballard and this canopy of a pickup slid off and was heading right for my windshield. And, and I just thought, we were toast, right? And uh, my roommate in the car with me ducks underneath the dashboard thinking that they're not going to get decapitated. And I watch that canopy stop here and get thrown to the other side of the road unexplainably. And all I could do is get, I was caught up in praise thinking, God, you just took out an angel so that I could live or something, right? Like the big, the big tidy bowl man angel was just like, you know, and I'm like, sorry, dude, that you had to do that for us. But, uh, you know, so I, look, I was just like, what was that, God, that had to have been you. I give you the praise. That was my choice in that circumstance versus coming up with some crazy scientific excuse for it. And my roommate, who was not a follower of Jesus, was freaking out. How did we not just die? How did that not just hit? I, I want to go home. This is messing with my head. You know, and I was just like, God can do these things. And then I got all weird spiritual because I was brand new in the faith and had no idea how to communicate what just happened and probably freaked him out that much more. Okay, so thought number two, Jesus longs for you to experience forgiveness. Jesus longs. I mean, that plea on the cross that's recorded in so many different ways and so many different translations, but that Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing is so powerful. 
to understand. Because I don't know what your perspective of God is. Is he your master? Is he like a hard boss that you've had? Is that the image of God you have in your mind? What is this image of God? You know, because the Bible speaks of father. And when some of you hear that word father, it doesn't have a positive connotation. Father means gone. Father means absent. Father means a fist. Father means a belt. Father means a lot of different things to people. But what Father means in the text is love. Like Jesus had a loving Father who was saving the world through Him at this very moment. The ultimate expression of love that one would lay down their life for another is occurring right now. And we're reading of this. And He's like, Father, forgive them. Like they've just put Him on a cross. If at any time He wanted to go, okay, the one who drove the nail, just take those out, God. But everybody else, I love them so much, you know. Right now, that guy over there, I'm a little upset. That's my blood on his hands. You know, but no, he doesn't. He's like, Father, forgive all of them. They just don't get it, God. And here's the deal. Jesus is still in this position today. He's still doing this. He's not a judge. He doesn't have the gavel just looking and waiting for you to make a mistake and goes, boom. I knew it. It's final. Send them to hell. That's not God. This is God. 1 John 2, 1 through 2 says it this way. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for our sins but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus is an advocate. So when you mess up, and you read through the Old Testament of the Bible, and you see like God's like, oh, those 30,000 people really made me upset. Whoa, that's kind of brutal. I'm a jealous God, and this thing and destruction and you're like how do I process this and your mind's like this is crazy and then Jesus comes on the scene and then Jesus goes back to the right hand of God after he resurrects from the dead and he's there going I know I know I know they didn't mean to look at that God uh, dad you know Jesus at the right hand of the father Jesus dad watch they'll make a right decision they're going to ask for forgiveness See, thanks, Dad, for not destroying him there. He's an advocate. Like, that's what he's doing for you and me right now. When that person just about T-boned you yesterday because they don't know that it's a four-way stop when the power's out. And you're in two hours of traffic just to go from one side of Bonnie Lake to another. By the way, that's how it is in Indonesia every day when we were back there serving our partner church. I was like, I was like two hours and you go like ten blocks and you're like, I am going to hurt myself. But that's what happens when the power goes out here. And, uh, you know, and like Dana was out, she went to go shopping and found out that there was no shopping to be had in the city. And so uh, two hours later, later and two times almost dying uh, by getting hit by people who didn't know that you're supposed to stop at bla uh, blanked out stop signs. You know, she comes back, she's all tense and stressed and almost ran out of gas. And the story is incredible, depending on who you hear it from. And, uh, and so it was like, you know. Maybe that was your moment yesterday, and you sinned a few times while sitting there in the car. <laughs> Jesus, even during that, is going, 
oh, come on, you would, you would want to take them out too, God. <laughs> you know, like, come on, look at the way that person is driving. They should have never got a license. Dad, could you erase their license record? You know, because they should not be on the road anymore. But anyway, you know, so I don't know how he advocated. No, he even advocated for that person. How does he do that? He loves more than us. It's crazy. That's what we're saying here. God's, they're advocating for us so that any opportunity, any circumstance can be one that can seize us and turn our awareness back to him and his love for us, capture us. So what will awaken our faith? What will he seize that family member you love with? How is he going to get a hold of them? And, and how should that challenge us? Because I just so happen to think we should be as much of an advocate as Jesus for others. What does that mean? Well, I don't think it's the church's correct posture to be the opposite of an advocate for people. And it makes it really hard for churches like Open Life to advocate for people and say, God can love anyone, and we want to go after everyone with the gospel, and we want everybody to have a fair chance at serving Jesus and going after Jesus. But there's some churches going, nope, they made their decision. I'm writing them their ticket to hell right now. That doesn't work out well for us. When we have some that are trying to be the judge, when yet Jesus sets the example of being the advocate. I just challenge you, be an advocate for everyone. Don't ever write anybody off, no matter how bad it gets. If Jesus could love a naked dude in a graveyard and cast out a legion of demons, I doubt we're ever going to come against that strong of a scenario in our workplace or in our home. Sometimes the kids manifest, but we just cast it out in prayer, right? So it's like if you have I love you, honey. This is my daughter here in the front row, Jenna. I love you. So, just saying. It's not you that I'm talking about. Okay, moving on. Uh, Luke 23, depends on the amount of sleep and food and stuff. Okay, uh, 44. Luke 23, 44. I'm going to like or money later now. Um, it was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. The sun stopped shining. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he said this, and he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. And, and when all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. I want to focus in on one little element of that for a second here. The sun stopped. And it's easy to read something like that, and our mind naturally thinks, an eclipse, that's cool. Like, what a dink that that would happen right when Jesus gives up his spirit to his father. He's like, okay, I'm done. Eclipse, earthquake, the veil is torn in the temple, which he had prophesied was going to happen. All these things happen in perfect timing according to Scripture. What a coincidence. And so people would try to explain it off naturally, right? Thought number three. People will always try and explain away the supernatural to comprehend it through a natural lens. Here's what happened. 
there's no eclipse. The Passover happened during a full moon. Study it. Go back and look at it. Scientifically impossible to have an eclipse during a full moon, if you've ever studied how the moon lights up. So, you know, you just go, oh my word, this was supernatural that the sun stopped shining. It's not the first time in Scripture that this has occurred. And I just look at this and go, God, you are awesome. Isaiah 55, 9 says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. What we have here is God doing the supernatural and overcoming the natural in this moment so that everybody would know this is the Son of God, which is why Luke is writing this book in the first place for Theophilus, right? He wants to prove for certainty that this was the Son of God, not as the centurion just confessed, this was not just a righteous man. This is the Son of God, and every prophetic word is being fulfilled here. It's amazing to see. We should expect more than the natural as followers of Jesus. That's one of our blessings is we get to expect more than the natural. Man, God, you can do increasing abundantly beyond all I ask or imagine your word promises me. Why do I trust or default to saying, well, I guess it could have been. Or maybe it is the prayer. Or maybe it is God intervening or providing or doing everything He promises in His Word. We need to make ourselves so familiar with it because His ways are higher than what we could ever imagine in the natural. I love this. It goes on. Luke 23, 50. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. So the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. On the first day of the week, when or very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found that the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their, fight, or in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you? While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man will be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then 
they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the others, and it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, gotta love Peter, he's there, right? Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb, bending over he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. So Peter didn't remember. Isn't that interesting? But the gals remembered. Thought number four, final thought today, listening now helps you remember later. Listening now helps you remember later. James 1.22 says this about the Word of God. Do not merely listen to the Word. Listen, right? Do not merely listen to the Word, and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. The Bible is a unique book in that it speaks to us. It literally has a voice that will touch our lives deeply. And I look at that and go, man, God, I pray that I could be one. I pray that I could be one that would not merely read the Word and forget what it says, but I would listen to it. I would let it soak into me, and I would do that now so that the day that I need to remember it, I will. And that's what happened with these disciples. Jesus had been teaching them one year, two year, three years, and telling them every once in a while about these things, like, I'm going to die, I'm going to raise from the dead, and they're going, what is he talking about? And it wasn't until the angel reminded them that they then go, oh, okay. I remember him teaching that, and now it's coming to pass. I think for us, this is a good motivator for us to come to church and expose ourselves to church and, and, and bring our kids to church and bring our students into the, uh, the youth ministry and, and be allowing them to be in an environment where they're hearing the Word, where they're hearing the Word of God, where the Bible is taught and read, because that's when it comes to life in us. And it takes a life that maybe we don't need to remember until five, ten years down the road, but God sows deeply into us His Word so that we will remember it in the time God calls us to remember it. That's also why we take on the discipline personally of, of reading the Bible. And it's great to develop a Bible reading plan of some sort, and there's millions of them out there to choose from. And you get this opportunity, and Uversion's a great tool for that. It's right on the main page of our app when you go there. Select a reading plan. Do something daily that exposes you to this teaching of God because there will be a day when He needs to call it to memory for you, and it's going to impact others in that season. That's why we sow it, the Bible, into us. It says this in Proverbs 22, 6, Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. And it's not just for our kids, it's for us. We can't go, well, I'll go to church when my kids are, are kids so that they can get exposed to the Bible. But, you know, when they move out, I'm, I'm good, I've done my time, right? We, we're, we need to be continual learners. I think that's, there's so many things unpacked in these passages, but that's where I landed at today. I was like, what one action can any of us take? Whether we're 
whether we've yet to make a decision to follow Jesus or whether we've chose to follow him years ago, what's one decision we can make today that would positively impact tomorrow? Begin reading the Bible. Easy action step. Begin a daily habit of reading the Bible. Pump up the sense of urgency and exposing myself to environments like church or groups where we could have more dialogue about what is being taught here so that someday we'll remember it. This is all incredibly important. So I'm going to pray for us today and then we're going to do something that you just have to do when reading through the text about Jesus giving up his, his body on the cross and, and, and shedding his blood for, for us to be saved and then raising three days later. We need to celebrate that. And the Bible teaches the way we celebrate that is through a thing called communion. So we take bread, which today, for the first day we've ever done, is gluten-free. So somebody now can take that didn't before and feel really good about it, their personal choice. And then, uh, and, and, and then we'll have uh, some grape juice. I have no idea how that infects the gluten, non-gluteners. And uh, uh, I don't know if grape juice is gluten-free. And I just became really ADHD in that moment. So I'll move back. But we're celebrating his body and his blood. We're celebrating a thing called communion where we say this is your body, Lord Jesus. And we dip it in the juice, which is a representation of his blood. And then we take the communion. And then we'll make our way back to your seats because I want to tell you what we're about to do afterwards and dialogue a little bit about what we're going to be doing at uh, Liberty Ridge Elementary this afternoon for those who can join us. And so uh, first, will you stand and I'm going to pray for you. And then for those who want to take communion, you can. Uh, you don't have to. It's in your timing. And then we'll make our way back to our seats. So Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word up and discover things like the need to read your word and expose ourselves for your word now so that we can grow into a position where when you need to seize us, when you need to bring back that, I told you so, remember, that we can recall it and be a ministry for you to others who need to know what you have taught us in the future. We're being prepared now for works that we couldn't even imagine yet. Good works that you prepare in advance for us to do. And I just thank you. I thank you for those who've made a decision to follow you, Jesus, and those who maybe today they're going, okay, this is unreal that God would love me so much that he's advocating for me, that even a criminal on the last moment of his life on a cross could be promised eternity today. Why should I not follow Jesus? And if that's someone in this room today and they're like, I need to follow Jesus and they've got their connection card and they're looking at that choice on the back and they're thinking, should I check this box today? I pray they would make the decision to cross that line of faith and say, okay, today's the day. I'm gonna choose to follow Jesus or I'm gonna restart a relationship with Jesus today because I wanna know what it is to be an advocate, not just have someone advocating for me, but to be an advocate for others, to bring hope and freedom and peace into the lives of others. You went to the cross for me so I could do that. So I give you praise and I surrender my life to you today. God, what a day. What a day in people's lives it is to be able to look back on the cross and thank you for what you did. To look back on the grave and know you rose three days later conquering death, hell, and the grave giving us the promise of eternal life. And we celebrate that in communion today. We celebrate you and our decision to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Feel free to take communion and 
or just sit there and enjoy the worship, and then I'll come right back and give you further instruction when you come back to your seat today. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at openlife.church. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the Give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the Giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast. But have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.